I'm sure you've heard the announcement that uh, Joe Biden announcing that all U.S. troops will be out of Afghanistan by September 11th. After consulting closely with our allies and partners, with our military leaders and intelligence personnel, with our diplomats and our development experts, with the Congress and the Vice President, as well as with Mr. Ghani and many others around the world, I've concluded that it's time to end America's longest war. It's time for American troops to come home. Um, so this sort of, I, I want to find out from our guest exactly how this fits in, because Donald Trump has said he wanted it over by May 1st, and now we're talking about September 11th, so we're going to get some clarity around that. But uh, regardless, this puts an end to America's longest war. 20 years ago, this started, and there's a lot of questions about, you know, what will this mean once the U.S. does leave that region of the world? So let's get uh, let's get into that now. Joining us, we have uh, Dr. David Burkusson, Professor of History, Director Emeritus of the Center for Military Security and Strategic Studies at the University of Alberta. Doctor, thank you for joining us this morning. appreciate your time. You're very welcome. I'm at the University of Calgary, actually. Oh, did, did, what did I say? Alberta. Oh, okay. University of Calgary. All right. Um, okay. So, obviously, uh, ending... First of all, why don't we... Explain to me why this is grabbing so much attention when Donald Trump had uh, put in May 1st as the date yeah. for removing troops. Um, but was that just ignored? What, what, what's the situation around those two announcements? I don't think that really makes a lot of difference. I mean, the Taliban have said that if the Americans stay beyond May 1st, that they're going to start attacking... American positions and so on, but I don't think they will. It certainly isn't in their interest. And from a military point of view, it would be absolutely stupid. Because what what Biden has has done is he said, I'm getting out, doesn't matter, there's no conditions, I'm leaving. That's the end of it. We're there 20 years and it's enough. So uh, I don't think it it makes any real difference whether they get out for May 1st or they get out for September 11th. I'm not sure they'll stay till September 11th, but he made it clear that this was the absolute last possible end date of their involvement and as you said um no conditions here he's leaving no matter what happens between now and then they're gone at the very latest by september 11th absolutely so this is uh i guess uh, well you know we count the wars that were either of indeterminate ending or which the united states clearly lost uh and i would say you know you start with with vietnam and uh and you come up to this one uh, the ending in Iraq was certainly indeterminate. They uh, they did overthrow Saddam Hussein, but they left a mess behind them. And uh, the other wars that they have been involved in, uh, certainly the Afghanistan war, as we see, uh, we can call it a, a, a defeat for the United States, or we can call it a defeat for Western intentions or a defeat for NATO intentions. There's no question that the Taliban outlasted mm-hmm. the NATO forces and the American forces, as they used to say, uh, you have the watches, but we have the time. And uh, this is what we're seeing. We're seeing the end of a conflict that took 20 years, and in the, at the end of the day, uh, the resolution for, for the West, for the United States certainly, and maybe for the government of Afghanistan, for Canada and other countries that participated, is a, is a poor one. Okay, there were no gains made. I mean, we, they, they, did, they did get bin Laden. The Taliban was on the run. There were some human rights advances. I mean, there's nothing that we can say worked out well with this Afghanistan thing for two decades? No, no, no I don't think that's true. I think, uh, I think it's too early to tell. Okay. But the way, the way the United States is leaving, uh, what they're leaving behind is an Afghan government that although on paper it controls a fairly large swath of territory in the country, 
um, has proven time and time again that its military forces are not really capable of standing up against the Taliban. There's something like, uh, we estimate, 85,000 Taliban soldiers uh, or fighters in Afghanistan, and uh, their method of fighting, which is you know, to use bombs and ambushes and IEDs and uh, attacks on civilian morale by launching attacks in major cities, um, is something that the Afghan National Security Forces have been unable to stop. And I don't think there's going to be any major change in the ability of those forces to do very much in the future. And we also have to we have to take into consideration that uh, the Americans leave, their air power leaves with them. Mm-hmm. And although you can't fight a guerrilla war with air power effectively, it certainly helps to tamp down uh, the resistance of the uh, of the insurgents and uh, was able, for example, uh, any troops, American, NATO, whatever, who were wounded in the field, you've got immediate uh, helicopter evacuation or very close to immediate. We we still don't know uh, exactly how many lives those evacuations saved over the course of the last 20 years, but I would say probably thousands. And that won't be there for for the uh, Afghan government forces in the future. Yeah, you know, and, um, you know, some of the U.S. ambassadors and diplomats are trying to smooth things over with the Afghan government, who are obviously concerned about what is going to happen once the American presence is removed. Because like you say, uh, you know, it's not a huge number, but it is a presence that I think has been something of a check, right? Yes, and and uh, and United United States is part the parts of the country where where uh, the American forces are still there. Plus, other parts of the country, but the Germans, for example, are still at the north in the Kunduz area. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it was kind of like the hole in the dike. What happens now is that the Afghan government is going to be on its own dealing with the Taliban, and uh, because of their religious fervor, uh, their belief in what they're doing. There, I don't. I hate to call it fanaticism, but uh, you know the way the way that they are so convinced uh, that the war is one that they must win for their you know religious reasons. Uh, it's hard to see the Afghan government standing up very long against the Taliban. So I think what will happen is that uh, the the whole situation in, in Afghanistan is going to deteriorate and we'll get a return of the kind of civil war we had before the Taliban took over in the 1990s. And ultimately, do we revert back to where we were before the U.S. arrived and we're in the same situation? I mean, we've got a listener who says, as a veteran, as soon as NATO yeah. troops pull out that vacuum, will be filled with the Taliban, regaining their hold in the region and imposing their will again on the people. So all my brothers died for what? And I've heard other people say that. Well, I know that. And, uh, you know, I was in support of uh, the Canadian contribution to Afghanistan. I still think it was something that we absolutely had to do as a nation. We can't stand around forever and watch our allies fighting battles that we should be part of. But our our aims in Afghanistan, our, that's, I was talking about Canada here, our aims in Afghanistan, which were largely to help NATO and the United States right. to add our weight. You know, we didn't win the war in Afghanistan. It wasn't possible that we were going to. But the parts of, Af- of Afghanistan, and I'm talking about Kandahar province, where we were and where we did most of the fighting and where our soldiers, for the lo- in large measure, and our civilians died, uh, we did the job we were supposed to do, but we couldn't stay forever. We are—we don't have a large military. We, uh, uh, our military budgets are constantly being cut. They're probably going to get cut again in the next federal budget. And uh, you know, I think the job that we did was a job we had to do. And uh, it's as different than the United States. The, the American aim, overall aim, was basically. Uh, 
to, to build a new government in Afghanistan, and that simply wasn't possible. And this kind of state building, uh, just it, it, it just goes nowhere, especially if you have another country right on your border, like Pakistan, right, yeah. with an open border, who's going to support the insurgents. It was the same thing in, in Vietnam. The Americans had North Vietnam there, and as much as they were able to win or not win in the South, the troops and the supplies kept pouring in from the North. And they tried to use their air power to stop it, but they were not successful in doing so. So it's uh, you know it's a very hard task to try to say rope off a part of the country and say okay this is we're gonna we're gonna save this part of the country for I don't know democracy women whatever it is. But on the outside of that area, you've got all these other people who are going to come in and say, no, you're not. And I'm going to do everything I can to try to upset your your political goals here. So is it just the harsh realization and, and the tough decision finally after 20 years that, you know what, we can't be here forever. We can't change this forever. Um, at some point, we got to cut our losses, as astronomical as they are at this point, and, yeah. uh, and, and reverse course? Yeah, well, that's clearly the decision that uh, Biden has arrived at, and I don't blame him for you know, one minute. I mean, how much longer was the United States supposed to stay there? The main threats to uh, Western security or United States security today we know comes from uh, a so-called resurgent Russia. Uh, it may not be resurgent in that it has the the power that the Soviet Union had, but you know, it, it is making weapons advances. It's building up troops in Ukraine. It's building uh, or on the borders of Ukraine. It's certainly building up its military power in the far north. It's intervening in countries along the periphery. And, of course, there's China, which is clearly challenging the United States for supremacy, certainly in the Western Pacific, and some people would say uh, in most parts of the world. And that's where the resources have got to go right now. So uh, we probably are going to see things revert and uh, I mean that's just the position I, I think right? I think it's it, we'll be really lucky if there is no civil war in Afghanistan between those who are against the Taliban and also the other ethnic groups the Taliban are largely uh, a, a group that represents the Pashtun tribe in Afghanistan which is about 40% of the population mm-hmm. but uh, you know other 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 ethnic uh, minorities or tribes in Afghanistan especially in the north, they're not going to be happy to see Taliban rule reimposed. And that's why I think all the ingredients are there for civil war. (sighs) Ominous, ominous. Okay, doctor, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Okay, no problem. That is Dr. David Burkusson, who's a, a professor at the University of Calgary and also an expert in this specific subject matter.